You are listening to 100 Wealth Building Secrets with James Marshall. James Marshall is a registered investment advisor and president of Marshall Wealth Management. His registered investment advisory firm is registered in Texas and Kentucky. For 30 years, he has been educating, advising, and managing wealth for diverse families all over the country. This podcast is about different concepts of wealth building, some financial, some emotional, physical, and yes, some spiritual. The bottom line is you will leave with some knowledge and knowledge is wealth. So whether you're walking, running, exercising, or having your choice of beverages, no judgments here. Clear, then open your mind and get ready for some life-changing financial lessons. It's your time. Here is your host, James Marshall. Welcome, Wealth Builders, to podcast number 42. Expect the best results from your wealth building efforts, but plan for the worst Murphy has to offer. You know, we all want to believe that our car would not get stolen, the stock market won't crash, our house would not burn down, we will not be stricken with a life threatening disease, and Death is not something we want to even contemplate, although it is inevitable. Well, I'm here to tell you that you probably will experience some setbacks, some losses, illnesses, all these things in your lifetime, and you absolutely will die someday. These situations should not be feared. They should be prepared for. Let's talk about it after this break. People have worked hard their entire lives to save what they thought was enough for retirement. Now people are concerned that they might not have enough money to retire. So what can they do? It's really as simple as sitting down to discuss a strategy to determine how to proceed. You tell me what's important to you and I'll help build a plan to get you there. I'm James Marshall and at Marshall Wealth Management, we've helped hundreds of clients just like you be better prepared for retirement. Call, click, or stop our offices today. You'll be glad you did. I believe that you basically have three choices when it comes to dealing with unknown hardships and loss. One, you can ignore it or do nothing. Maybe it will just pass by or run its course. Or maybe someone will come and save you from the situation. Maybe you will win the lottery and then everything will be fine and dandy. Well, last I checked, maybe was not a family wealth building strategy. Completing a comprehensive financial plan allows you to have a bird's eye view of your current financial position. It also allows you to plug in some what if scenarios so you can properly plan for any situation that may come about. How much cash reserves do I need if I lose my job? How much disability income insurance do I need if I become disabled and can't work? How much property and casual insurance will be needed to repair or replace my home, car, and other valuables? And of course, how much life insurance is needed to provide my family 
with stability in the event of my death. Financial planning answers all of these questions and more. So that's the first thing. Two, pray about it. God will fix it. Now, because we all know that God can hit a straight lick out of a crooked stick every time, and I believe this is true, but it is not always God's will to do so. Sometimes the blessing is in the learning. God gives us the good sense to think beyond our current circumstances, and he blesses us with the resources to sustain our lives and to prosper. Being a good steward of these blessings means embracing and improving on these resources and knowing when to seek good counsel in all things we do not have a good understanding of is critical. And then finally, number three, prepare for it. Now, there is reason to believe that you should keep a spare tire in the trunk and that the AAA card in your wallet is there for a reason. And the portfolio of health and life insurance that you maintain will come in handy one day. There's a reason for all of that. Is there in case the things you know can go wrong, do go wrong. The wise person digs the well before they are thirsty. All the planning in the world means nothing without taking action on the plan. Build up your emergency savings before you start investing. Maybe you will not need the funds, but if you do, you do not want to sell off your high-yielding investments or retirement savings to address the emergency should it arrive. Murphy's Law says you'll be selling all those investments at an all-time low to deal with that emergency. So separate that money. That's critical. Apply for and activate the various insurances that you need to protect yourself, your family, and your possessions. Many people start the process of applying for life insurance, but stop short of the blood work and the physical. And they definitely stop short of the premium payment. Actually, truth be told, If life insurance were free, people would line up to get it. Most everyone wants life insurance to secure the family's future. They just don't want to pay for it. That's the critical thing. There's a cost for everything. So you not only got to want the life insurance, you got to be willing to pay the price for it. Being properly prepared means taking the action needed to put these strategies in place. And we will continue with this discussion after this week's segment of If You Don't Know, Now You Know. This week's question comes from Richard. Hey, Richard. Hey, James Marshall. How you doing? Everyone's doing well on our end. Hope everybody's doing well on yours. We are all good over here in H-Town, and I'm happy to hear that you guys are well also. Let's get to your question. My question is, what is the advantages and disadvantages of moving money from a 401k into a Roth IRA? Both the 401k and the Roth IRA are tax qualified retirement plans. The big difference is that the 401k, also known as a defined contribution plan, is funded with pre-tax dollars from your employment income. 
These are dollars that have not been taxed and will grow tax deferred as long as they're in the plan. When you leave your employer, you have some choices to make. You can often leave the funds in the plan. I do not suggest this. You can have the funds released to you, at which time they will be fully taxed at a minimum of 20%. And if you're under the age of 59 and a half, and, and there are no waivers in place, you're going to have to pay a 10% early withdrawal penalty to the IRS. I do not suggest this. Or you can roll the funds into a traditional individual retirement account or IRA. This I do suggest. This rollover will allow the funds to remain untaxed and continue to grow tax deferred. When you pull the funds out later in life, they will be fully taxed based on your current tax bracket at that time. So you're deferring the taxes and allowing uh, the growth of the investment to happen in a compounding way. So the growth is compounding without the hindrance of income taxes on the earning. And that brings us to the Roth IRA. The Roth IRA has all the same benefits and restrictions as the 401k and traditional IRA, except for a couple of key points. The money placed in the Roth IRA is taxed on the front end. As a matter of fact, if you decide to roll over your 401k into a Roth IRA instead of a traditional IRA, you will have to pay the taxes on these funds up front. That's the bad news. The good news is that after the funds grow tax deferred and compounds on the, on the earnings on a yearly basis, you will have no tax liabilities when you pull the funds out after age 59 and a half. As long as you keep the money in for five years or until 59 and a half, there are no taxes on the proceeds. So it's pay now or pay later. So if you have the financial wherewithal to pay the taxes up front and some time, at least five years before you begin withdrawing income off the account, then I believe the Roth IRA is a good course of action. Now, I hope that answer was helpful to you, Richard. You know, it's hard to know with some degree of certainty when bad stuff is going to happen to you. I believe that the best course of action regarding my earlier discussion is to incorporate number two and three together at all times. So being as prepared as you can is a prudent move. Transfer as much risk as you can to an organization that specializes in managing risk. And I'm not suggesting that you be insurance poor. But being overly optimistic and thinking that blessings and good luck alone will keep you safe is not the best approach. Now, this is a great place to do our investment showcase. I'm from what I learned. I'm trying to share the wealth. My business trying to grow. So I'm gonna need some help. I'm from what I learned. I'm trying to share the wealth. See, in this game, it's kind of hard to do it by yourself. Today, we want to talk about the Allianz Index Universal Life Insurance Policy, better known as the IUL.
a index universal life policy is a hybrid of a term life policy and a mutual fund, if you will. Uh, you have money that's going to the cost of the actual life insurance, and you have money that's going into an account that tracks an index, whether that be the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, or some combination. These accounts usually have a maximum return of up to 15%, but no downside risk. So if those indexes that you're tracking underperform or have negative returns, the worst you'll get is a 0% return for that year. And if they do very well, the most you'll get is a 15% return for that year. Those are still pretty good numbers. The money inside the IUL grows tax deferred, just like those IRAs we talked about earlier. Except there are no deductions for the money you put into the IUL because it is not a qualified investment. But the money grows tax deferred inside the IUL and when you pull them out, if they're pulled out in the right way, they can be pulled out totally tax free. So an IUL can be used as a pension maximization plan, a way to supplement your retirement income with tax free income from the IRA. This would not disrupt the death benefit that you're leaving to your family as long as you stay within the limits of what you can pull out of the account. Routinely, if you don't take out more than 90% of the cash value of the IUL, the life insurance will stay intact. Just like any investment, you want to make sure you're tracking it annually to make sure that you're still tracking the correct indexes. You can change them or rebalance them once a year. And in some cases, uh, in, in particular with the Allianz IUL, you have an opportunity to lock in high yields for one or two years. These policies also have death benefits. And those death benefits could be whatever amount you need them to be, whether it be 500000 a million, or $2 million. The higher the death benefit, the more the cost of the life insurance. The older you are, the more the cost of the life insurance. The poorer your health is, the more the cost of the life insurance. So there are many factors that might feed into what you would actually pay for the life insurance cost, which will uh, feed into how much money would be left over for you to put into the cash value portion of the IUL policy. That brings me to a very important concept when utilizing IUL policies. You should always overfund an IUL policy. Never just pay the minimum premium to keep the life insurance up. Put in more if you can, because that extra money is going to work for you inside the investment account of the IUL. As long as you don't violate what's called the MEC, the uh, Modified Endowment Contract Guidelines, then when you pour that money out, it will come out tax-free. Remember, annuities are taxed last, I mean, first out, I mean, last in, first out meaning that you're going to be taxed on the interest that you earn. And life insurance is taxed first in, first out, meaning that the IRS is assuming that you're pulling out your money that you put in first, which has already been taxed. Then once that money is gone, you're switching to loans where you're borrowing money against your policy. Index universal life policies are phenomenal products that would allow you to not only build wealth, but it also allows you to leave a lasting legacy of tax-free money. And I always say the way to build wealth is to build generational wealth. And this is a very effective way of doing so for the benefit of your family. I'm fossil, what I learned. I'm trying to share the wealth. My business trying to grow. So I'm going to need some help. I'm fossil, what I learned. I'm trying to share the wealth. 
So I hope that I said something that you guys can use today. The key thing is to expect good things, but prepare for the worst. And until next time, keep building wealth. Peace. You have been listening to 100 Wealth Building Secrets with James Marshall. Keep increasing your knowledge by going to marshallyourmoney.com and check out our educational videos, newsletters, and calculators. There you can also sign up for your free copy of his book, 100 Wealth Building Secrets. Like this podcast and follow it on podbean.com. You can also follow us on social media platforms, Facebook, Black Family Wealth, Twitter, James Marshall at Marshall Wealth, Instagram, Marshall Wealth, LinkedIn, James Marshall, and on YouTube, James Marshall Financial Educator. Email your questions or thoughts to James at MarshallYourMoney.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, we build wealth one family at a time. You can. I teach you how to say Don't waste your money, but bank your money. Don't spend your end. I teach you how to say Your bank account will be spilling out with them dividends. So I teach you how to say Rule number one: If it ain't making money, it ain't making sense.